0: Hello everyone, and welcome to Snap Economics, the podcast where one economics student seeks to explain SNAP, the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, and dispel the many misconceptions that Americans hold about the successor to food stamps. From the so-called welfare queens, to confusion about the eligibility requirements, and concerns that the program is nothing more than an economic-drained society, we are going to cover it all. I'm your host, Marie Sullivan, and let's jump on in. On today's episode of Snap Economics, which will also be our final episode, we will take a quick look at the staggering impact the 2008 recession had on Snap before I interview my mother Sandra once again to discuss the potential impact COVID-19 and the coming economic downturn will have on Snap. The Great Recession began in 2008, and it wreaked havoc on the economy and millions of American lives. According to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, the work experience unemployment rate, which is the number of persons unemployed during the year as a proportion of the number who work or sought out work during the year, hit 13.2% in 2008. According to the Federal Reserve Bank of Boston, SNAP participation which had been declining significantly since the 1990s, hit a historic high of 28.2 million people in FY and fiscal year 2008 and grew to 46.5 million people in December of 2011. The constant increase in participants is illustrative of the considerable financial hardships Americans faced and the very slow recovery. The budget for SNAP more than doubled between 2007 and 2011, increasing from $30.4 billion to $71.8 billion. When considering the economic downturn that is beginning now in 2020, an event that was predicted for some time, but the magnitude and suddenness was catalyzed by COVID-19 by the COVID-19 pandemic, it is likely there will be a similar pattern of rising unemployment and enrollment in SNAP as seen in 2008. Before jumping into our interview with Sandra, I would like to give a little information about the Food and Nutrition Service's response to COVID-19. The Food and Nutrition Service has made some emergency changes to how SNAP is administered during this disaster. These changes include allowing states to issue emergency supplements to SNAP participants that usually receive less than the maximum benefit, the pandemic EBT, which allows states to provide benefits to children who would normally receive free and reduced lunch at school, the suspension of the able bodied adults without dependents time limit, additional funding for block grants in Puerto Rico, the Northern Marinas, and America Samoa, re-enrollment flexibilities, which allow states to extend deadlines for participants re-enrolling, and the allowance for states to adjust interview requirements for benefit applicants. Hello, Sandra, and thank you for agreeing to come back and allow me to speak with you on this podcast once again. You uh, seem to enjoy learning about SNAP in our last interview, so I thought we could talk today about SNAP in the face of COVID-19 and the coming economic downturn. Okay. Um, Also, pardon our um, microphone quality right now. We're using a headset. We're both sharing it. Sharing it, so... (laughs)
1: Okay, so what's going to happen with this? Because I know SNAP is a government program. The government's already doing lots of bailout money. How is that going to impact funds that are
0: available for SNAP? Um, it shouldn't, at least, there should be no cuts for SNAP. And if this follows the same trend that happened in 2008, the SNAP budget Probably going to need to increase. Um, it's a safety net program, and usually these increases get okay, especially in times of intense economic hardship. So I'm assuming that with all the stimulus packages that are going out and stuff, it's not at the, the like it's not going to adversely impact SNAP should the need for it to be increased rise. Okay.
1: Um, so I have a question for you. Do you think, because I know there was, there were a lot of people who wound up, uh, suffering job losses in 2008's Great Recession. this is going to be a depression. Are we going to have a lot more people who are going to be financially insolvent?
0: Well, I'm not a real economist yet. And even then I don't think the real economists know the answer quite yet. It, I've heard that it's likely this will be worse than 2008. I don't know if it'll quite be depression level, uh, lots of things with like stock market and stuff for lows that are only beaten by things that happened during the 1930s. So it's entirely possible that we could be looking at something like that. Unfortunately. Okay.
1: So last time, um, when we talked, or we had kind of briefly talked being a teacher as I am, uh, free and reduced lunch kids. Um, I know that our school district is from the very beginning. We're like we need to still provide meals for those kids who are on free and reduced lunch. Mm-hmm. Uh you had said that F R L uh FNS. F
0: oh. Oh free and reduced lunch. F R L free and reduced lunch. I thought you were talking about the food and nutrition service. Um
1: But I didn't think that 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 was at all related to SNAP, but it seems to me that as we wind down the school year, because let's be honest, we only have maybe four weeks left before the school year is finished, what's going to happen to those kids? Because the schools also stay open and
0: provide food during the summertime. Um, So the Food and Nutrition Service, which is the subset of the USDA that manages all the programs like SNAP and WIC, um, they have introduced the Pandemic EBT, Electronic Benefit Transfer, which is basically allowing temporary emergency standards of eligibility and level of benefits for children who would have would usually be receiving free and reduced lunch in schools. Interesting. So what does that EBT mean? Electronic benefit transfer. Um, it's basically the system that's used nowadays. It used to be like actual stamps, food stamps. Now the EBT, it's a debit card. Okay. And it transfers funds directly from the federal account that holds your benefit money to the retailer's account. It just sped the process up, and also uh, there's some embarrassment that's associated with using food stamps, and it's not just because of what people might think. It's also you slow down the line, Uh you've got all those people behind you, like when you're trying to shove all your change into your purse and everything, it's the same thing, but this time you're using the stamps. So instead the EBT really speeds up the process, and it's nondescript, which people shouldn't be shamed for having to use this program. It's a government program and exists for a reason to be used. So,
1: well, that's one of the reasons I quit writing checks at the grocery store.
0: Yeah.
1: And strictly went to plastic because it was just faster.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I didn't have to do that. Russell, kids. Do, do they still allow you to write
0: checks at the grocery store? <laughs> they actually do. Oh. You can even pay cash. Uh, hey, <laughs> hey, <laughs> I knew that. I've seen a couple bills in my life. <laughs> yeah, so that's the how they're trying to address the free and reduced lunch stuff. Okay. It's all temporary. They hope to have this. They're currently hoping that this won't be needed to be extended past September. We'll see. Yeah, we
1: really will see. I think I'm really glad that uh, I'm winding down you my teaching You picked a great career. year to retire. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know that this has been a struggle, this whole online teaching and learning. I know it's been a struggle for me, teaching. I know it's been a struggle for you, (laughs)
0: learning. (laughs) Yeah, hopefully it'll be somewhat back to normal in September. That would also speed up the very slow recovery we're looking at. Right. From this event.
1: Well, the idea is... Doing what we can mm-hmm. to help contribute to our economy, yeah. and to help out those who are in much more dire straits than we are. Yeah, and do what we personally can to help others as well. Sense of community. Absolutely. Hopefully, this has taught us something. Only one way to find out. I guess so. Live it, right?
0: We're living history.
1: We are, we are.
0: Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, do you have any
1: questions? I, I don't think so. I guess, we, like you said, we just have to
0: wait and see. Yeah, that is the hard part to address this topic so early on in the events, but... I wanted to at least touch on it, since it's probably going to be a very real impact. It's going to be around in our lives for a considerable amount of time. And
1: all I can say is I hope that as we look back, that we can say we did the best that we could at the time.
0: Yep. Well, <laughs> if, if people look back in 40 years and say it was an overreaction, did the right thing.
1: Absolutely. One hundred percent.
0: All right. Well, thank you for taking some more time to talk to me, Mom.
1: <laughs> no problem, sweetheart. All
0: right. <laughs> And that concludes the fourth and final episode of Snap Economics. I would like to thank my mother, Sandra, for agreeing to come speak again and share a small headset microphone with me, my friends who listened to each episode for me, and to Dr. Hauser for being a fantastic professor that allowed me to explore the world of podcasting and let me cover a topic that I've become incredibly passionate about. Thanks for listening.